This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hi, guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. For joining me today, for those of you that don't know me, I am Judy Cho. I am a nutritional therapy practitioner and I work with my clients to get to root cause healing. And I try to share videos on my channel to help you to find your own root cause healing as well. All right, if you enjoy this video, please make sure to subscribe, hit the bell, like this video. This allows me to provide you more free content. I just finished a podcast with、uh, Sean Baker for his MeetRx, and then I also did one of My own personal story. So I know I don't really talk too much about my personal story, but if I think it'll come out shortly and so you guys can kind of see it. We kind of got teary eyed, but I think it's been a common theme for me lately. Okay, so hi everyone. Okay, so keto rash.、Um, there are people that experience keto rash. It's, you know, sometimes it's, there's just、uh, too quick of a drop of eating sugar, and so then the body kind of reacts. And so, from all the anecdotal stories I've seen from some of my clients, the best way to kind of manage that is by incorporating a little bit more sugar just for a short bit and then getting your body acclimated. So, if you were eating like 300 grams of sugar all of a sudden and then you went to zero, there's a chance that your body will react. And the best way is just kind of dosing down.、Um, some people say that it can actually be an oxalate reaction、um, of just all of a sudden removing all oxalates in the body and the body's just kind of poisoning itself. I don't know how much merit there is in that, but you know, whatever the case, you may just want to dose down and do it slowly. For my husband, for example, he gets keto rush all the time. Sometimes he can eat 300 grams of sugar and then he'll go to zero and then his body starts breaking out, like right here on his chest with like some redness. So for him, the best thing to do was to just、um, incorporate a little bit more sugar. So he went from like 200 to 150 and then he was able to go down to zero carbs. So That's probably something you can try.、Um, some people have said like they will literally rub like blueberries on their chest or where it is, and it can kind of benefit that way too. I, have, I personally have never res,、um, got the keto rash, so I couldn't say for sure. Okay, I've never done this, so. <laughs> okay, let's see. Is there anything else?、Um, 
Hey everyone. Okay, raw cheese. Yes, so raw cheese is not easy to find because the government actually bans it from being sold at any market. So you'll either have to buy it online. Um, I recommend finding a local grocer or local farmer. Um, farmers are so great. And you'll also probably get a much cheaper deal. So for us, we go to our local farmer. We get raw goat's milk from him. He will make raw kefir. And then sometimes he also sells raw cheese. Sometimes I buy it from Bunker Hill. They have a raw uh, um, cheese products that they also sell as well. And raw cheese is just more natural. So if you think about it, when they pasteurize milk, so non-fat milk, even organic milk, they're all pasteurized or do the ultra high temp pasteurization. It kills your nutrients and your minerals. And so you don't want that. And so the government requires this mandate of fortifying and adding back all these nutrients. And it's just not as real. It's like you're taking synthetic vitamins. And what's the chance that these milk companies are going to put in the best versions, right? They probably won't. So if you get raw, it's just in the natural form of dairy and all the nutrients. And there is evidence where if you have any gut health issues, if you drink raw dairy, it can actually improve gut health symptoms. So yes, um, I would look into Weston A. Price and even uh, just if you do a Google search, they have local farmers that'll come up and you can support your local community and then ask around for raw milk. A lot of them have it. They might not be able to sell it directly as raw milk. You have to find kind of the ordinances in your state. But like for me, I live in Texas and I have to buy it as part of a herd share. And so I kind of own some of the goats kind of thing and I just get a portion of it and I just pay them. So figure it out. It's not that hard, but the raw dairy is so much more beneficial for gut health, for just overall nutrients and absorption than uh, consuming any, um, even like grass-fed, grass-finished, pasteurized butter. Okay, so yes, bariatric. Hi, Joanna. Um, so bariatric patients. Yeah, I had a client that, so they have to kind of slowly increase their diet. If they eat too much meat too much fat obviously they'll have loose stools and so they just have to slowly increase they might need to take some digestive enzymes i have a personal person that i can give you their contact they're also a nutritional therapy practitioner and they've done bariatric surgery they are meat-based so if you have some questions um just dm me and i'll give you that person's contact information but she needs to take extra supplements at least in the beginning because she couldn't tolerate too much food because of obviously the surgery but it's totally possible. It's probably the best way to heal your body and work on um, optimizing health. Um, okay, so I see a question on improved gut health. Um, I don't really know what that means, but if you're wondering like how to improve gut health, the meat-based diet is obviously super important to do that. It will give you the baseline. I mean, I just told Sean Baker, but in every elimination diet that exists, and I I don't consider a vegan diet elimination, but you know, like the autoimmune paleo, um, the GAPS diet, so the gut and psychology syndrome diet, all of these diets, they kind of are elimination diets, right? So you're trying to get to root cause healing, even the FODMAP, all of these incorporate meat. So there is no diet that says you need to exclude meat because it's damaging to your body. So focus on meat-based and that can start your gut healing process. And then if you have like loose stools after a while, um, so maybe in the beginning you may still have loose stools. It's kind of normal. You're transitioning. You may be depleting your electrolytes too quickly. 
the you know fat may be going through your gut really fast and it's not used to not having fiber so initially it may be normal but after a while maybe after a few months if you're still having loose stools if you still feel bloat if you're still burping after a meal all of those are indications that you need gut health support I think that being on a meat-based diet gets you to that closer of level of root cause healing, but you just need to kind of get there. Um, just because you don't all of a sudden have gas anymore doesn't mean that you're fully healed. For some, it may be, but just listen to your symptoms. So if you still kind of get nausea, if you eat too much fat, then that's an indication that you probably need more support Support in terms of bile and digestive enzymes. Uh, trust your symptoms. Bloat is not a normal thing. I mean, it's common. That doesn't mean it's normal. Uh, gas is not normal too. And so, and I talk about the whole digestive process in detail in the book with pictures to kind of break it down of how important it is for us to have gut health. I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg. Um, I'd say the chicken. Do I recommend ACV? Uh, it really depends. So <clears throat> for some people, if they don't want to take hydrochloric acid to increase stomach acid, because again, we need enough stomach acid and we need, so we need enough, so sufficiency, and then we also need really good pH levels. So you need your stomach acid to be at 1.5 to 3.0 pH to even break down your foods in your gut. And so that's why I like taking sodium bicarbonate and all these like acid blockers are really not ideal for your health. So some people just do better with just a little bit of ACV. So they'll take the apple cider vinegar right before their meal, they start eating, and then it helps them you know, produce more acid. That's a true statement. Some people, uh, in Jason Fung's book, I think Obesity Goat, he talks about how if you're diabetic, if you take a little bit of apple cider vinegar right before bed, your diabetic numbers in the morning will be lower. I don't know exactly the mechanisms of that, but um, so those are all true things. But if you struggle with gut health in terms of like candida, fungal overgrowth, uh, yeast infections, jock itch, uh, athlete's foot. These are things that are indicators that you may have excess fungus in your body. And then you probably don't want to take apple cider vinegar. These kind of uh, prebiotic foods, fermented foods, the kefir, the uh, sauerkraut, kimchi, all of these foods can actually feed your gut bugs, the bad ones. So it'll feed the opportunistic yeast. So if you're struggling with any of that, I would highly recommend not using those. And even bone broth for that matter, um, the collagen, the hydroxyproline can feed oxalates. And if you have candida, it's just, and again, there's a graphic in the book, but it'll feed that whole process. And so you don't want to do that. Um, that's why I think a lot of things are very, very personalized and very bio-individual. So you can try it if you don't have any of the fungal stuff, if you do work on healing your gut, and then you can try using it later. Hey guys. Okay. Yes. So for me personally... The first year, I'll admit it, there were times where I'd be carnivore for several months and then I'd fall back into keto and then sometimes I'd go back to just standard American diet and then it would become a binge and just it was just not good. I think as long as you try to eat clean for at least even like 100 days, just commit and eat the meats you want. Don't worry about what are the most nutrient dense foods. You know, if you want to eat hamburger patties from a, the you know fast food restaurant or you want to just eat, you know, ribeyes, whatever works for you, just get acclimated, do it for a hundred days, commit. I know it'll be really hard. If you're craving sugar, I recommend eating like a piece of butter. I know it's so counterintuitive, but sometimes it's just the lack of fat that makes you start craving foods. Eat a lot of meat, eat enough so that you're really full. And then it kind of stops the satiety or the cravings for other sugars. 
And then, you know, use sparkling water. Don't use the diet sodas. Don't use the sweeteners because that will just prolong the craving for sugars. Your brain thinks that you're getting sweeteners and then your gut is not getting any of the sugar. So then what happens with that gut brain connection, right? Um, so definitely try to remove everything and then just experience kind of that zero carb Zen or that stable moods, consistent energy for about hundred days. And then if you want to incorporate some other things, cause you feel better, you want to add plants for lifestyle variety, that's totally understandable, but at least feel how it feels to have that amazing elimination baseline of zero carb Zen. Okay. Post-op gastric sleeve. Yes. Yes. But, um, I definitely work with the doctor. Um, you know, I would not do that kind of alone. And again, I'll give you the contact information for the NTP that had a gastric sleeve bypass. Okay. Uh, optimal diet for COVID. Um, I actually have an immune health guide. If you DM me, I'll send it to you. Um, it's just talks about, you know, whether you had a fever, whether you broke something and you had inflammation in the body and you're healing. Um, even with COVID, there are certain foods that will support kind of healing and won't um, exacerbate the inflammatory process, right? So like sugar is an inflammatory food. So um, if you just DM me, I can send you that. But I think a meat-based diet is very ideal. Um, getting a lot of nutrients and just letting your body just, if you think about it, nutrition and healing is kind of simple. If you take out all the noise, take out all the toxins and go back to real foods, you can let your body heal, right? So if your body had this foreign matter in it, the virus, and it's making you sick, then how do you compensate for that, right? You have to just nourish your body with the most bioavailable, natural healing foods to then get back to optimal health. So if you DM me, I'll send you the link that talks a little bit more specifically. And there's like a list of foods that I bring up as well, but they're pretty much animal-based foods. Okay. Uh, I don't know what parlor is, sorry. Um, but so no, I guess I'm not. Okay. Yes. So pregnancy, I would listen to your body. Okay. The, the reason why I say that not everyone needs two pounds is not because there's some dogma. It's just, you can start with one and a half pounds and then increase. So listen to your body, listen to satiety. And if two pounds makes you kind of feel like you have to keel over, like you're tired, you're fatigued, uh, you have low energy and you're waking up in the middle of the night multiple times and you feel like it's because you have to pee. Those are all indications that you're consuming too much protein. I would first try to break up your meals so that it can, one, help your digestive process eat different types of meals. I mean, different amounts of meat and then be able to better digest and then absorb the nutrients. But then I would also play with your macros, right? So if you are eating a two pounds of meat or protein and you just feel lethargic, I would try lowering your protein and then increasing your fat. If you can't tolerate higher fat, that goes back again to gut health. When I was eating two pounds of meat and I would do OMAD or one meal a day, I just felt horrible. Then I started breaking it into two, um, two meals a day with two pounds. I felt better, but still I would get down to just having low energy. I checked my blood sugars in the morning and it'd be at like 115. So I knew something was wrong. I started eating about one pound of meat and I'm like 135 pounds. So it's about 135 grams or maybe 120 grams of protein. I started feeling so much better. And then I increased my calories with eating enough fat and fat is a form of energy. I don't believe in the whole thought process of if you have fat on your body, you shouldn't be eating fat. I don't agree with that. I think as women, especially, and we were metabolically damaged or we had hormone issues, we need fat for hormones. If we are stressed, and I keep talking about this, but our cortisol hormone is made 
from steroid hormones. And steroid hormones are made from cholesterol. If you are not eating enough fat, but you're highly stressed, how are you going to make the cortisol? If you're consuming too much sugar, how are you going to make the cortisol? These are things that then will directly impact your hormones. So again, I really think that high fat can be beneficial for some people. If you can't tolerate it, look into gut healing, but not everyone needs to eat two pounds. And your indicators are your symptoms. Look at your um, energy levels, if you're waking up in the middle of the night, and just your overall blood glucose level. So you can check it in the morning, right when you wake up, check it uh, right before you eat, and then an hour after you eat, two hours, and then do that for a few days, and you can kind of tell how your blood sugar is working with the amount of meat you're eating. Okay. All right, I'm going to head out soon. So hair loss while in ketosis. So if you lose hair in the very beginning, it's kind of normal. Um, you know, your body is transitioning to a whole new way of eating, and that'll affect your macros. It'll affect your homeostasis in your body. But over time, if you are consistently losing hair, I'd honestly up your calories. So eat more meat, eat enough fat. Your hair follicles are affected by hormones, but it's also affected by proteins. Um, zinc can affect it, and zinc is rich in protein. Some say that it can be a vitamin A deficiency, but you know all the fat-soluble vitamins work together, so make sure you're eating enough fat. Vitamin A is very low in just muscle meat, so maybe you need a little bit more liver or, or eggs that have more vitamin A, because again, vitamin A, D, E, and K, are uh, they all work together. And this is why I'm not the biggest fan of supplementing vitamin D, even if it has a little bit of K, because first of all, active vitamin D is a hormone. Like, how do you know what you're messing with? And then how does that impact vitamin A? I talk about this in the book of how all the different hormones, the um, I'm sorry, the fatty, the fat-soluble vitamins are all work together. And so I think in terms of hair loss, you just want to make sure you're eating enough and you're not overly stressing your body with like extended fasting or, you know, excess exercise or um, not eating enough fat. And I, I think you'll find that your hair will grow. And for most of my clients and even just in my own situation, hair loss has not been an issue. Okay, weaning off supplements. Um, so if you get to a baseline of health, so let's say, you know, you had gut health issues and you were feeling fatigue and then all of a sudden now you're feeling consistent and you feel good, then you can slowly start taking off supplements. So I would, it really depends on the supplements you're taking, but I would first maybe start with digestive enzymes. And then if you're taking like four in a meal, I would cut it down to three and then do that for like a week at a time. If you feel good enough and you don't feel any difference in your health, then I would try two and then I would try one and then isolate each supplement and dose down each supplement and then make sure to do like a food and mood journal and see if your baseline of health is the same. If it is, then it's probably an indication you're ready to get off the supplements. I don't recommend anyone taking supplements long-term. I think this is where meat really shines. Your meat should be able to give you enough nutrients, but you need gut healing to even absorb a lot of the nutrients. Okay, uh, how much vegetables do we need and max carbs in a day? I don't eat any carbs and I don't eat any vegetables. On occasion, I've tried it. I don't feel as well, so it's like a lifestyle thing. So it's if I want to be at my maximum capacity, do I want to eat more vegetables? I'll do it then. Um, I mean, I you know then I'll remove the vegetables. But in general, you don't need carbs. Um, I talk in length about this in Carnivore Cure, my upcoming book. But you don't need vegetables. It's um, carbohydrates are a non-essential macronutrient. So why would your body then the organs, the systems in your body then require a non-essential macronutrient? for optimal health like the logic's not there if you work out and you do hard training some people eat a little bit of sugar right before their workout so they can have a harder workout 
Um, I don't train that way, so I'm not the person to speak to that, but I've seen some people benefit from that. It could be a mental thing too, that you feel that kind of sugar rush and then you work out hard. But again, um, you don't need carbs. You don't need sugar. I think it's a fallacy we've really been raised to believe. And I mean, I talk very deeply about this in the book. Okay, I answered the question on ACV, so it really depends on your own health. Kroger having raw goat cheese, that's awesome. You're right. So I think cheese actually, the raw one, not raw dairy, a raw milk though, but raw cheese may be sold in some um, in some stores. Thank you. Thank you for the compliment. Okay. Uh, do I drink coffee? Okay, so I did <laughs> this long blog post on the dangers of caffeine, and it's very true. Like there's like it says um, that some of the kind of blood to your brain is lessened when you drink caffeine. It's definitely a cortisol spike. So if you're having adrenal issues before introducing carbs, why don't you reduce the um, coffee? So there's a lot of information. Um, I will link to the blog post in my stories today. But having that said, so I took out coffee for six months. Mood was super stable. Mood was um, energy was really stable. But then there was a period where I needed to work um, excess hours and my kids, um, you know, I watched them during the day. So I needed the coffee. And so I went back to it. Um, I limit myself to one cup a day and I drink it in the morning. I try not to drink it after 12 o'clock. And I talk about how kind of like the half life or the amount of coffee, caffeine that stays in your body is really dependent on the person. So pregnant women, it stays in your body longer. If you're a smoker, it's removed faster. So it really depends. Um, you can read the blog post and then see, you know, lifestyle, right? Like what's real life. So do you do better with it? And then you can kind of function better and it's, it's worth the excess cortisol in your body. It's just something you have to figure out in general. Is it ideal? Probably not. Uh, decaf coffee is worse because they bleach out the coffee so or caffeine. So you probably don't want to consume uh, decaf coffee. Uh, yes, I think cooking with raw cheese will um, kill some of the benefits. Yes. Do you have any experience with antibiotics destabilizing someone on a carnivore diet? That happened to me. So I, when I was nursing my son at six months, I also had my eating disorder. And then I took antibiotics to heal my mastitis. And my memory got wiped out. I don't know what happened. The doctors still don't know. They put me on antipsychotics. And that's what slowly started bringing my memory back. Two weeks of my life, I do not remember a thing. I have like snippets, like it was a TV show. Uh, but my family told me that I was very coherent, but I was acting off or I was acting kind of weird. I ended up in the mental health part of the hospital. Antidepressants, antipsychotics. That's why I stopped nursing and I don't remember it. Uh, the saddest thing is, I mean, I just talked about this on the MeetRx kind of personal journey, but I don't remember um, stopping nursing. And this is probably why I still nurse my four and a half year old son now. But I don't remember stopping. And I had to go through the kind of hurting process of learning that I had stopped nursing. And every day, I guess I cried. I don't even remember it. But so, yes, I definitely think antibiotics will can wipe out your gut and it could totally damage your mental health. And so meat is really what healed me. Ever since then, I don't, ever since consuming meat only now, I am not on antidepressants, don't have my eating disorder, mood, energy, everything is stable. Okay. Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. 
We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. Do I think it's a good idea to drink a green smoothie daily? No, not at all. So if your green smoothie is from spinach, uh, that is super high in oxalates. And even if you're not carnivore and you're just, you know, you incorporate vegetables, I highly recommend looking into uh, what diet should I follow after doing a kidney stone removal. And you'll see that they recommend a low oxalate diet. They say no almonds, no dark chocolate. Uh, no spinach and so when you are consuming these green smoothies and I don't know what you put in it but in generally there's a lot of anti-nutrients and you don't want to do that because if you're taking it for like health and uh, like joint pain some of these anti-nutrients will actually cause more joint pain and also it's just a rush of sugar to your brain and then you'll have like an adverse effect after so no I never recommend these kind of juices do I think low pasteurization is okay? I mean, I guess it's better than ultra high, which is all organic milk, but it's still not ideal. Um, obviously, there's a safety issue. If you don't trust your farmer, then if raw milk can be dangerous, fine. But I, I still think that um, raw milk is just best. So yeah, if raw dairy gives you inflammation, then yes, cut back. Um, you know, this is where I always say it's super bio-individual. Um, you know, trust your own body. Okay, ACV or not, I brought that up already. So I, it really depends on your body. Um, is raw cow milk okay or should it be goat milk? So both of them are good. I mean, for raw cow's milk, people say that A2 is better. I personally have my kids drinking goat milk because what ended up happening was when I had to wean off my son when I was on the antipsychotics and antidepressants, I was searching for like the best milk that could be for my son. And I just found that goat milk is more closer to the composition of breast milk. It's actually more tolerable to the gut. And that's why I do it. It's not um, any other real reason. So if you can't tolerate raw cow's milk, I would try raw goat's milk. Treating TMJ and dental issues with diet. I follow mostly carnivore, raw cheese and milk too. And my TMJ and dental health has gotten worse. Um... So in general, your dental health, I know that there's a like a hormonal balance. So I know that if you are eating too much sugar, you may have higher phosphorus and then that can actually cause um, dental damage. But I don't know personally about TMJ. I would have to look into it. If you DM me, I will look into it a little bit and then I can give you a resource. Um, I follow Stephen Lin if you want to follow him. He's a dentist that's about ancestral eating. He probably knows way more than I do. Do I check my ketones on a regular basis? I used to heavily. So if you go way back in my um, stories, um, I, I think I have a ketone and blood glucose stories, so you can look at it. I used to have like 7.5 uh, ketone ranges, blood glucose in the 70s. I don't measure it anymore as much. On a carnivore diet, my ketones were lower and my glucose was higher, but in general, I feel much better. So I think it's important to track in the beginning. I don't think it's important once you're there because... Whether I'm in deep ketosis or not, like I'm doing fine, so it's okay. Okay, so the crazy itchy rash might be the um, keto rash that I was talking about. So just look at this video in the very beginning. It was the first question I answered. When's the next awesome meetup? 
So I plan on doing an Austin meetup for the book launch. Um, I don't know when we're going to do it, maybe right after December 2nd, but we will have a carnivore meetup in Austin and then I'll probably do one in Los Angeles and New York and then I don't know where else, but it is coming. I will announce it soon. Thank you. So my skin, I, okay, just to be fair, um, I've always, that's like, I've always had kind of nicer skin. So it's, Carnivore has definitely helped. So I used to have eczema a lot. I don't have it on Carnivore. That is a huge thing. I used to, I, I think some of the purging made me scratch my skin a lot. So I used to have like scratches all over my body. Uh, Carnivore has helped tremendously with that. So yes, thank you. Uh, getting highs with no changes to Carnivore and no life changes in the last eight months. I would cut out the dairy, cut out eggs. Um, you can start with, so in carnivore cure, I do a super strict elimination diet and then it goes into this protocol and then a reintroduction in the first week of, um, in the first week of carnivore cure, I recommend then just ruminant meat. So you may want to consider just eating beef, lamb, and you know, the other, and elk and those types of meat and see if you feel better. And then you can slowly introduce one food at a time, do it for like three days at a time and see if any of those are triggering the hives. So make sure you get to baseline with just no hives and then you can start introducing and you could figure out your culprit food that way. All right, thoughts on constipation on carnivore. Could it be cheese or dairy? Yes, yeah, so for most of my clients that I've seen with constipation, it's they're not drinking enough water. You have to drink half of your body weight in ounces of water. So if you weigh 100 pounds, drink at least 50 ounces of water, add a little salt. Um, and so drink sufficient water and then uh, get make sure you get enough salt, help your bowel move. And then, uh, yeah, I would cut the dairy. Some people have to cut eggs to see if their constipation gets better. But I think if you can tolerate egg yolks, please bring it back in because it's a very nutrient dense food. How can I find a local doctor that I can switch to my PCP? So in so Carnivore Cure has like 15 extra bonuses when you buy the book. And in one of the bonuses, I have a list of like all these resources. So books that you can read, um, doctors you can find that are low carb carnivore keto. If you DM me, I will send you that bonus right now. So then you can get the list of the doc or like the, the websites that you can learn about the doctors. Okay, hair test showed very high sodium and potassium. Okay, so what's interesting is as much as you can think, oh, well, so the mineral test, everything is balanced, right? So you can't think, oh, it's like a plug and play. Like I, I hate for people to do that. So if your your potassium and sodium is high, it's I would definitely cut out any potassium that you may be taking in excess. There are There is a cell that balances, I mean, there's a pump that balances sodium and potassium. If there's too much sodium in the body, in your cell, your potassium will kind of balance that out. But the other thing is, if you are very, very highly stressed, if your adrenals are taxed, if your cortisol is high, right, all these factors, if you're like fasting too much, under eating, all of these factors kind of impact your cortisol levels and excess workout, uh, your body, even if you're not eating a lot of salt, can actually retain more salt. So your results, even if you're not consuming salt, can actually be really high. So it's not a you need to diminish your salt, but you should actually look into and I would look at your sodium potassium ratio numbers on your mineral hair test. And if that is off, then I would consider managing your lifestyle, managing stress, managing your cortisol levels. And no, carbs are not the answer for that. Okay. All right, guys, I am going to answer like two more questions and I got to go. My kids are waiting for me. Um, I seem to get jock itch on carnivore. Is there any relation? Yes. So that is probably a chance you have fungal overgrowth. I would look into... 
um, no fermented foods, removing any uh, dairy for now, and then figuring out, you know, what, so sometimes on a um, healing elimination diet, some of your symptoms will get stronger just because you're that much closer to root cause healing. So oftentimes jock itch, again, um, any, it's, it's basically fungal overgrowth and fungus is being fed by carbohydrates and fermented sugars and all that. And it could even be with some of the, like, uh, there's a sliver between the fat and meat of, uh, of meat. And that is actually a carbohydrate. I forgot what it's like, but if you want to remove that. So if you think about a New York strip, if you see this kind of clearish, like sliver, that's actually carbohydrates and it can actually feed some of this fungus. So remove that, just eat the fat and the proteins and see if that helps. Try to cut down on the kind of variety of meat to figure out what is what is and is not helping your um, jock itch. And also you need to probably get support for that too. Okay, one more question. Um, I drink Berkey filter, filtered water with added LMNT electrolytes. Do you have any water, non-water recommend? Yes, so... Uh, on my website and on that resource list, um, I share a Berkey-like filter. It's one, it's cheaper, and two, it doesn't require two filters. So it's, um, you know, you have one filter. The thing I highly um, caution people on is do not drink like filtered water or um, a, a, a water that is filtered with all the kind of nutrients removed. The reverse osmosis actually can be considered like dead water. And so when it's going in your body, the chemistry is that it's going to pull some of the electrons in your body and it actually remove the nutrients from your body so that the water is more balanced. So be wary of the water you consume. It's really important to drink good waters that remove a lot of the heavy metals and toxins, but then also don't drink the purified waters that don't have added minerals because then you're risking your minerals from your body to you know, connect with the water and then um, deplete you of nutrients. Um, in terms of LMNT, I think electrolytes are fine when you first transition. I don't think you should drink them long term. None of my clients, I recommend all of them to just use a little bit of salt and magnesium spray. Magnesium spray is so ideal because it absorbs directly into your body. If you have a sulfur intolerance on my website, I have a way that you can create your own magnesium spray, but it bypasses the gut. So if you have gut damage, you don't have to worry about it. It'll go straight into your blood. And so if you have leg cramps in the middle of the night, try the magnesium spray. It does wonders for people. Okay, guys, I think that's it. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll try to do this more often. I'm sorry. I'm a little shy in doing these like selfies. I try to provide um, educational content. That's why I wrote a book instead of doing like some video. Uh, but, you know, I'll come on more and try to support because I mean, I've healed so much from this diet and I just want to give back. And so I hope you guys get the book. Um, you know, it's really supposed to be personalizing carnivore. So if you've done it a while and you're still having these issues, well, like I, I had to dabble with carnivore too, right? The two pounds didn't work for me. Uh, the one meal a day didn't work for me. And so I give you kind of like tips to kind of um, make it more personalized and bio-individual so you can heal. The other thing I did is if you are a beginner and then you're worried that your family's like, you're going to have heart disease from this or where's your fiber or antioxidants or vitamin C. I talk in detail about dismantling the arguments for that so that you can have assurance in eating this way. And if you're worried about the animals, I have a whole point in the greenhouse gas emissions, re regenerative agriculture, as well as, you know, um, is if you are not harming the animals, but you're harming yourself, is that balance makes sense, right? And if, your body is healthy and then you feed the soils and then the animals eat the soils, then are we not just living the circle of life, right? These are all talked about. 
I talk about the elimination diet and then if you want to introduce plants and how to do that properly, how to prepare plants properly, what are the best plants to eat, uh, what's so important about gut health and the whole process to understand that. And then macronutrients, you know, there's so many questions like what does 80-20 really mean versus 70-30? Is that the same thing as what's labeled on the grass, um, the, the ground beef of like 85% lean? All of these kind of semantics, I have a table that just breaks it down and makes it really um, um, easy to understand. There is a table on what does a week of macronutrients look like in food for a 70% fat diet versus an 80%. Uh, there's a, a, a chapter on zero carbs and carnivore and does it really impact your hormones and menopause and perimenopause. So there's a lot of information out there. There's a whole Q&A section, a resource section, and then I gave you 15 more free resources on like what to eat as a carnivore pregnancy. What do I feed my baby when they're six months old? Um, you know, how do I detox the body? All of this stuff is there. It just, you know, the book is already big enough. So all of these resources, they're free for you once you have the book. And I mean, I love the community so much. If you DM me for some of the resources, I give it out directly. I don't, I'm not like, no, you have to sign up or you have to pay. I, I don't care, you know, so just DM me if you have questions. I try to get to all of your questions. I really love this community. I really want people to just heal. And so I will, you know, get out of my comfort zone and come on lives more often and I will answer your questions. So have a good Sunday. I know, you know, life is very noisy lately. I just ask that you guys, you know, work on meditation, work on community. Um, the people that you can see and communicate and share and be vulnerable with practice that it's so important for mental health and just, you know, being able to thrive in this world. Um, there's so much good as long as we remove a lot of the bad. And that's really where I'm trying to help support you. All right, guys, have a good Sunday. And if you watch my YouTube, this is always my closing, but make sure to eat a lot of meat, take care of your bodies because it is the only place you have to live. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and The Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.